You're listening to A440 Podcast with Ed Rudisell and Kevin Franzen. Long-form interviews with underground musicians. Brought to you by Creative Zombie Studios. Find us at A440podcast.com and on Instagram at A440pod. Welcome back to the show. I'm Ed Rudisell and uh, Kevin Franzen made the uh, made the episode this time. We, we kind of glossed <laughs> over it and, and made it uh, look... We didn't want to make him look bad when he when he fucking wrote the wrong schedule down. A day behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, a day behind. Oops. But he's back now. So um, today is Wednesday. Today, that's right. And we made it. We made it in. Um, and we've got Corey Parks with us from uh, hey. Grave Ripper. What's up, dudes? And uh, you guys, you've gotten a few shout outs. I, I keep joking around. I was like, we're coming, becoming the uh, the Wise Blood mouthpiece <laughs> podcast, you know. But I mean, Sean's done a, a great job of like, you know. Really amassing this amazing uh, man, team of he, label mates. Dude, Sean's Sean's the man. Sean rules. Sean and Wiseblood. He's uh, he's my favorite dude on earth right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's killing it. He is killing it, man. And uh, you know, he's he sent me an advanced copy of your new album that's getting ready to come out here um, within two, days. Two days. Yeah. yeah. Friday's the Friday's the hot day, man. And uh, so I've been listening to it nonstop. It's fucking fantastic. Man. I got the pre-order because I missed last week's episode. Uh, I didn't <laughs> get the. Uh, <laughs> The nice right. little layup there. That's right. Yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Miss one week, miss a lot. You miss some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I've been I've been playing this album on repeat, and, um, and and you know we were joking around about you know Wise Blood, but you know you guys uh, have a hell of a lot of uh, really badass label mates, and um, the album that I've been listening to nonstop since I got it is just ridiculously badass and anybody that's listened to the show you know the episodes leading up to this know that i'm like old school thrash head like i love that shit and this is like right up that alley like i think you guys call it like you know uh black and thrash but i mean it's definitely more thrash heavy than anything it's just it feels like fucking mid-80s thrash and you were very obviously not alive during that uh Uh, i was not i missed that by uh yeah 89s when I got spat out, so okay, I missed, right. a, I missed a majority of it. Yeah. Well, no, that's a great time though. <laughs> I mean, because to be able to do what you're doing as convincingly as you are, it's um, I'm pretty floored. It, it, it's impressive that you've really channeled somebody. There's got to be somebody that died in the 80s and, and reincarnated into you, man. Uh, I I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess somebody's uh, inside me. I don't know what that. Oh, <laughs> edit that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that well, uh, not here on mic, but um, yeah. If you check the video feed of this, <laughs> yeah. Censor some things out. So what do no, you? Uh, what's your role in the band, man? Um, you know, you, like when we started talking about doing this, you know, it, a lot of people were pointing our fingers like, get Corey. Okay, yeah, man. So I, I'm the rhythm guitar player and vocalist, and I'm pretty much, uh, I do a lot of the songwriting too. Uh, I do all the business side behind it, you know, uh, networking, hitting up people for shows, all that. So yeah, kind of, the, I guess, the ringleader, I guess. Yeah, man, it's a lot of work. Of. I mean, you know, somebody, especially when you're, um, you know, carving out, especially, uh, you know, in these days, it's, 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 we say we're, we're talking with underground musicians, but metal's always mm-hmm. been an underground genre, mm-hmm. you know, apart from maybe like the new metal, I guess, in the late 90s, they got a little radio uh, play. Up until sure. recently, uh, a band that just came out with an album, uh, Gojira, number yeah. one in the yep. Billboard yeah. 200. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys are main, like, mainstream. Well, that's, and it's, like, it's crazy it's, looking at how far metal has come, you know, from those early thrash days when we used to have to find, like, the obscure, like, radio dial where it's, like, in between two, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, stations. Or a... Or a Three-time copied over cassette tape oh, where yeah. the audio, yeah. So and, and to go to where you're stuff. actually like where yeah, we can man. like 
you know, people love to like tease uh, like Gojira and Metallica and all these bands um, for being like overly successful and, and whatever quote sellouts and all this, but yeah, you know, they really paved the way for a lot of what's going on now. And so, I mean, you, um, I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about that, but uh, you know, who's the rest of the lineup in, in Grave Ripper with you? Yeah, so on bass guitar, I've got my buddy Chris Pilot. Chris and I go a ways back. Uh, we are both, I'm originally from Lafayette. He still lives in Lafayette. And when I put the band together, he was just my first go-to guy because he was still on the scene, still playing. And I was like, hey man, would you want to fill in on this? And then, uh, so Chris Pilot's my bass player. And then uh, I've got Keegan Hrybrick on guitar. I met Keegan through Chris and I was looking for a new guitar player. We were like, uh, our old current guitar player's schedule wasn't working out too well with us. So we got Keegan in. Keegan's um, not originally from Lafayette either. Um, so he met Chris. I hang out with Chris. I meet Keegan. Keegan's a phenomenal guitar player, an encyclopedia of heavy metal. Awesome dude. Um, he, he's playing lead now. He's also in a band called Cardor Dick Smash, which is like grindcore kind of stuff. Um, Saw them on uh, Bandcamp yeah, after I it's definitely worth a listen, man. It is ridiculous over the top shit. And then on drums, I have Jacob Lett. Jacob is from Bloomington, and he plays in a band called Throne of Iron. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, he was in Thorax back in the day and stuff. I just met him. Uh, yeah, geez. definitely. We're going to bring somebody on from Throne of Iron. Yeah, here, hopefully do it, soon, man. man. That'll be an because awesome they, episode. See. I love that their nerdiness. is It's, it's perfect for 100%. Us. <laughs> and it's genuine. Yeah, so absolutely, man. So, yeah, that's it's me. Yeah, so to cap that up, it's yeah, me, Chris, Keegan, and, and Jacob. So, Tearing it down. Uh, what have you got out there that's available for the public at the moment to, to check out? Because, you know, it's always works to, uh, I mean, like we said, by the time we kind of get everything edited up here, you, the album might actually be released and they can get it on Bandcamp. And, and it's, uh, yeah, uh, totally. And you have any EPs out there prior to that or just the... Um, yeah, so we have a we have a 2019 demo we did under our early moniker when we kind of, like, I started this band and then we kind of shifted sounds and... Uh, became Grave Ripper, changed the band name. So the 2019 demo, that's out there, but it's kind of eh. Uh, I really <laughs> encourage people to look into Complete Blinding Darkness, which yeah. is the digital-only release we put out right before COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, as the recording of this podcast, we have Radiated Remains coming yeah. out physically in two days, which if you got an early copy, it has the tracks from Complete Blinding Darkness on there also. Right, so, right. Uh, three releases... Two, I really recommend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, it's funny with the, um, you know, going back and you saying you were born in 89. Yeah. But, and, and you really, you're channeling this stuff. Like I've talked about like kind of 86 was my first kind of uh, introduction to metal, and which was a hell of a year. Because the golden so, year. Right. I mean, yeah. it was the year everything yep. dropped. But like, how did you born, get hey, led into that? Because, I mean, you weren't uh, coming in. Obviously, at 89, like, all right, come on. Yeah. What, do you, what do you fucking got, Mom? <laughs> yeah. I, came got? Out, I came out with the Gibson Explorer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, so I guess, like, how I got into it really was um, my Uncle Doug is a huge metalhead. So when I was a kid and I'd be, like, over at his place or, like, he'd be watching me when I was little, uh, I'd, he'd let me go through a CD collection. And he had some hair metal shit in there. Um, but there was some of the more 80s extreme stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. And so I would just sit there with my headphones on and just go through everything, go through everything, go through everything. And I eventually found, like, Ride the Lightning and Injustice for All. And I'm, like, seven, eight years old. I find those, fall in love with them. I, I got Ride the Lightning when I was, like, eight. And then I kind of got out of it. I got into some other mainstream stuff, but I never, like, stopped paying attention to music. And then in high school, it wrapped back around to me playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And when you play guitar and you're you lean more towards the heavy side. 
like learning Metallica isn't a matter of if, it's a matter of when. <laughs> right. So then like, yeah. once I got to Metallica, that was just, it was all over from there. It was just metal, metal, metal is all you're going to do. So I just worshipped the, I just like fucking learned every song off of Kill 'Em All up through Injustice. Even the load and reload stuff. I still know riffs from St. Anger. I mean, I dedicated Even myself to learning all drum? that stuff. Say what? Even I, over that snare drum? I play the guitar, man. That is not my problem. <laughs> that snare drum is fucking yeah. bad. Oh, you know what's funny is I like gave that album like a re-listen uh, maybe a couple months ago to be like, is it as like is it what I remember it being? Because I think it's kind of nostalgic because it came out when I was a freshman in high school. Oh, see, yeah, right. Yeah, see, yeah. so like, so I listened to it at the time, and you know, at that time, you're so into the music and what it is, and. I listened to it a few months ago, and I'm like, yeah, I can see why people think this sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that's what I've always said, you know, with the, um, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around, like, you know, just, because, yeah, you when you first get introduced to extreme and heavy heavy music, it's like that those first few bands you get into, you're just like, oh, yeah. fuck, and that kind of becomes Sing your definition it. going yep. forward. And so, yeah, I mean, we didn't know that we were listening to brand new stuff at the time. We were just kids that happened to be checking out some new shit that was sent to us on a tape. And sure, it happened you know. to work. Yeah, right? I mean, take the work, having a stick. And, and, uh, and you guys were more, I guess, awesome. of the era of LimeWire and all oh, that yeah. shit. Thank yeah. God for uh, the, the, the cousins and siblings that uh, yes. bought the CDs yeah. and tapes for us and because our parents wouldn't. Yeah, no, and that's <laughs> funny that you said that. You know, you said your uncle was a big metalhead. And yeah. so it, I had nobody in my family that was really, like, into uh, heavy music. So, yeah, it was just like, doing it the old school way you go to a record store and like this is a fucking awesome album cover I hope right. it's good yeah yeah <laughs> and bring up to a point to the LimeWire generation I'm totally part of that totally had naps when it came out Lars yep. I totally downloaded it I disappear when it came out if you ever <laughs> to this, I fucking stole your music sue me I don't have any money dude yeah man send us a cease and desist <laughs> yeah. we, could use the, we could use the promotion yeah. any, any, any what is it any publication is good public or any press is good yeah, press, press like is good hell press. yeah man yeah well, it's funny that you say that because as I've listened to this album uh, front to back, uh, the new album, uh, numerous times, I'm like, I hear all of those things you're telling me, right? Cool. Like, I don't hear like heavy Metallica influences beyond Ride the Lightning. Like, cool. I heard definitely some like uh, lead stuff. And you said, so you, uh, your other guitar player is doing leads? Yeah, he does all the lead stuff. Right on. I don't do any of that. Yeah, I just sit back and knock it. Yeah, pretty much. No. Yeah, I mean, you got to chug, right? I mean, yep. that's and that's where the riffs come. I mean, the, the memorable parts of, of, of that. And I love a shredder. Don't get me wrong. I'm, just, yeah. I'm a rhythm guy. I was a bass player for a, a, okay. most, most of my time. So, like, Sweet. moving on to guitar, I was like, hey, I just can't. I can't make a guitar sing, but I can make it chug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am, it's totally me, man. Downstroke Central. Yeah, yep, so I was going to ask, ask about, uh, about your playing. Um, so what, what age did you start playing guitar? Uh, probably 13, 14 yeah, maybe. Like good, early high school. About the same age as most of us do. Yeah. So, totally. uh, you know, so your influences being some of that early thrash and Metallica and Creator and all that. Yep. Um, I mean, did you start working on like right hand? Technique, downstrokes, uh, all that right off the bat. You kind of got to fucking have to. Yeah, If you're right. going to play that, like, sure. you have to. Like, I remember being totally naive and, like, uh, a funny story. Like, I didn't know what palm mutes were because I was just completely uneducated and in going into right. it. And, like, hanging out with my guitar player at the time, um, we played Master of Puppets together, and I was just open stringing everything. Oh, my God. And he's like, and I'm like, I've always kind of wondered. It, it sounded different than the album, but I just chalked it up to I'm just not a good guitar player. And then, like, in the tablature, I had the books and stuff. It'd say PM, and mm -hmm. then they went on all the zeros, and my buddy's like, I mean, it's palm mute. And I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, you need to do this. And I'm like, oh, that's why. There we go. Yeah, so. You know, that's, so that's funny. So, yeah, I, I had moment. to work a lot. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah. I, and I thought about that, you know. Um, I, I guess I was driving in my car the other day thinking about that. It was just like how long it took 
for that to become the norm of heavy music. Yeah. Because if you look at like old Sabbath, True. I guess I was listening to old Sabbath stuff. True. And it's like, you know, your your hand kind of naturally lays across the strings when you're playing anyway. Like, why did it take, you know, fucking 20, 20 years, years. Of, of, of music before anybody's like, hey, if you leave your hand on here purposely. Yeah, you know? use it as an instrument. Yeah, yeah. kind of, I guess. Yeah. It's like the first time we tried to slap bass and then like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> not fucking, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I was going to ask about, you know, uh, you said you started playing guitar at a young age. You know, did you go through like uh, any sort of like, um, I guess, genre roller coaster? Because I found that a lot of musicians, you know, you you start off and you're okay, you know, just learn anything. And then the better you get, you start to kind of get into uh, just the technically good musicians, right? Like as a guitarist, you might be listening to like fucking Steve I and and all those guys. And, and, you know, for me, it was, you know, listening to... um, a lot of prog rock and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I find that a lot of musicians kind of have this phase for a year or two in their teens of prog rock and maybe some jazz and they kind of come back around and integrate all of those things. Yeah, I mean, I guess like I kind of started out like when before I got into metal, I was totally like a Nirvana head. So there was a lot of Nirvana stuff I learned too, which that's, you know, always Guitar 101 also. Um, but I never really got out and really tried to do anything outside of metal. I mean, I've learned songs here and there. Like, I'm obviously... Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Sure. And then, uh, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of other bands and stuff, but it's still, like, genuinely, like, hard rock. Like, I play... I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan, so I still know a lot of that stuff, but that's not, you know, considered heavy, Mm -hmm. like, metal and stuff. So I learned learned those songs. Well, it certainly was at the time. Right, right. Uh, At least hard rock and roll. Right, right, Um, right. But but never really ventured out. Like, I was never like, all right, today, you know, we're going to learn some other style of, you know... Uh, another genre or whatever. I just, I just always like playing rhythm metal. Mm-hmm. That was just always. I just like riffs. Yeah. So. I, I, when I just, um, you know, switched over to guitar, maybe what three years ago. We're well, not switched, but picked up, you know, seriously. A little I've more. Always, yeah. I've always had a guitar around, but it just was, you know, I sound like a bass player playing guitar. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can always like when you can tell when a, a guitarist picks up a bass and they're trying to do, you know, play like so guitar. stubby fingers we got. <laughs> it, it, it is. Um, but you know, it was going back to. You said Guns N' Roses, man. Like that might have been the uh, like when Appetite for Destruction came out. That might have been the album that made me want to be a musician for the image only, right? Like, sure. I, yeah. I had long red hair. Axel yeah. had long red hair. Yep. And I wanted to fucking. I just wanted to form a band. That's it. And yeah. I wanted to learn how to play like Sweet Child and all that. Yep. And um, I couldn't afford a guitar. And a buddy of mine's dad was selling a bass, and that's that's, that's how it happened, right? Yep, you know, that's how it goes, man. But um, I mean, certainly at that time, that like we said at the top of the hour, that, that was you know, that was pretty heavy for then. I mean, you certainly sure. weren't. Now you can hear Lamb of God on the radio, and like that's mainstream metal now which is crazy yeah guns is like grandpa rock yeah, <laughs> oh yeah it's like yeah yeah you go to walmart yeah, totally. and they're playing it oh, no. i know i know they totally are man i know so but no yeah. uh, the reason i asked about you know those kind of early um you know guitar influences because your right hand technique is fucking ridiculous Thank like you, it's on point yeah um really 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 heavy driving riffs um i just don't see how you can put up with those kinds of speeds uh, through the course of a show. Like, that's been my weakness. Of like, <laughs> I can do some of that stuff for, like, a song, but yeah. not for, like, a 45-minute set, man. Yeah, well, and, I mean, um, it's all I've done. So, yeah, right? Yeah. And especially, like, when, you know, once I started to get into, like, black metal and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of that's just fucking constant tremolo picking throughout. And, I mean, right. you're playing big 
big minor chords and you're tremoloing that mm-hmm. whole thing too. So you, you got to learn how never to stop. do that really fast right. all the time. And Grey Ripper's got a lot of that stuff where we go into tremolo sections and we go into fast stuff. So it's just like natural to me. I do really like the transitions um, on the album because I when I hear blackened uh, thrash, uh, I'm you always kind of wonder which way it's going to lean. Sure. And yeah. um, it, a lot of times it feels like just forcing two genres together, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a hard maybe beat drop, I guess is what the EDM guys would say. But like, you know, something drops out <laughs> yeah. and, then it, and then it switches right yeah. over to a black metal section. You're like, ooh, we oh, have no okay. Skrillex this is like a second beat drop. You know what? <laughs> I might have said this on the show. I don't remember if I did or not. I couldn't remember his name until you just said it. Yeah, I, yeah. I fucking stood next to Skrillex <laughs> at a concert uh, about four four or five years ago and the whole time I had no idea who he was. Really? People around me knew who he was because yeah, they were course. like, oh my God, it's Skrillex. Yeah. And the guy that was with me was like, hey, that's Skrillex sitting next to you. And I knew his who? name. Yeah. I, well, I knew his <laughs> name and I was like, oh, really? And I had to Google him to like, look him up and I'm like, oh, I guess it is. The show though? As you're standing next to him like Googling him? Like, you know what the fucking show was? It was King Diamond doing the Abigail tour. No way! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. I never would have guessed that in a million yeah, so years. That's like, awesome. Because he lives in Vegas, right, I guess. Respect. And so, respect. But I was in Vegas, and my buddy was with me. He's like, oh, dude, yeah, Skrillex awesome. is a huge metalhead. Did he's not at know all that. Shows. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I know. He just jumps up oh, a few. I, would have, I did not expect those that. I didn't expect but, King Yeah, King it was when they were doing the uh, cool. was it 2015, I guess, when he did the Abigail tour. and did, yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I didn't see King Diamond until like this last run of shows he did for the Institute or whatever before. Oh, like COVID hit yeah, everything, but yeah, right. mm-hmm. but yeah, man. Hey, awesome. that's a good segue. Uh, we, we we tried to start this uh, two episodes ago, but then I missed last week. <laughs> Compliments of all this COVID stuff. Yep, uh, yep. With the return of uh, live music happening, what was the last concert you were at? And I believe after you say that, there may be some news. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, so. Yeah. The last concert I was at, actually, the last concert I was at, are we talking local shows and everything? Anything. Anything. Yeah, I was at Black Circle last Saturday. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, right. I guess, I guess, uh, they're, co- they're, COVID era. Okay, yeah, so they, they just started. Talking, so you're right. Yeah, yeah, they just started. Pre COVID, yeah. So, yeah, it had, I can't get these dates right. It was either the King Diamond show in Kentucky, we played a show in oh, yeah, Lafayette. Or it was the Demirkus show at the High Five. Oh, yeah, I missed that. So yeah, that was I a show. I got called into work, yeah. and and they're in the studio working on an album now. Yeah, I think it was almost done. Yep. It's yeah. getting close. Yeah. Yeah, I've been like bouncing back and forth with with Cam over at the, at the new studio Scott just and, got married. and um, finding out what all the things is going on. Yep. But yeah, so like things stories. are opening up again, which is what I wanted to ask about because, um, so you've got this album dropping mm-hmm. now. Was this written primarily during? COVID or was it stuff that you kind of had in the bag prior? Um, because, you know, we've talked to a few folks here and there and, you know, it was hard to do the collaborations um, with people not able to meet together and, you know, with social distancing, sure. obviously we have to worry about infecting each other and all that. Yep. Uh, you know, was this something that was written during uh, COVID? Were you able to get together with the guys? Yeah. So it was kind of a mixed bag. Some of the riffs predate like even this band, um, like the last track on the album, King Killer. Some of those riffs are like a decade old. Um, Dude, I fucking love uh, that track. Thank you so much, man. That's one of my favorites too. Um, even though you stole one of my riffs. Hey, <laughs> beat you to the punch, man. Record it. I was listening to the to King Killer and I was like, 
man, I know this already. Like, I mean, in my head, as soon as it kicked on, I was like, I know this progression. And I was like, God, how do I, I haven't heard this album before. How do I know it? And then it occurred to me, I was like, son of a bitch. I wrote, a, but I mean, it's cool. I'm glad it ended up because I'm not, uh, I'm not a recording artist. I was going to say, hit the record button a little faster right. next well, time, dude. And, and even if I would have, there's nobody behind me, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there you it's, go. it's yeah. you know, you're getting those things out into the world. I mean, I, it was flattering to me. I was like, okay, cool. We think the same way. Yeah. But, you know, it, it wasn't well, like, ah, fuck that guy. Well, it's one of those things where it's like everything new under already the been written yeah, right like right. it's like so it's like as long as you're not totally doing the exact same thing like i mean there are fucking behemoth riffs that sound just like anthrax sure. riffs um but uh no to answer that so uh the songs uh are kind of a mixed bag since i'm kind of the primary songwriter a lot of the times if i have a question on a song or i'm not sure we have a shared drive that i put everything in and then like sometimes i'll write multiple versions of an ending of a song be like which one do you guys like the most what do you want to work with mm-hmm. um so that kind of happened, but really all the songs like were written, and then when Jacob came into the band and Keegan came into the band, we just learned these new five or six songs we were working on, and then as soon as we got done with that Wise Blood show where we presented the new lineup, we immediately started tracking. So November, December, we tracked it, and we tracked it all remotely. So Jacob lives in Bloomington. My other two guys live in Lafayette, and I'm here in Indy. So I recorded scratch tracks and got tempos down, sent those to Jacob in Bloomington. He tracked the drums, sends the drums back to me. I do the rhythm guitars, send those to Lafayette, and then they did the bass and the guitar parts. I went up to Lafayette for the lead guitar parts uh, just to be there, and then... All that came back to Indianapolis. I did the vocals in my house in Indianapolis and got it. So literally, this whole album wasn't even uh, remote. In, we didn't recorded in the studio. Yeah, so everybody's no, home. Yeah. Same thing happened with when we were talking to Chris, uh, yeah. Mother of Graves. Everything. Oh yeah, I listened to that. Yep. Yeah, they did yeah. It the exact same way we did. Well, and you know, we when, talked with Mikey Michek. You know, yep. uh, talking about the new Broken Hope riffs and all that that Shit. they've been bouncing back and forth across two different countries. Damn. And I mean, it's definitely a cool. Um, yeah, look what slaughtered. To uh, slaughter to prevail. Yeah, yeah. yeah so between London and Russia, but it's, it's, uh, like it's 2021. If you have a group of people of who are yep. professional and want to do this and are excited about doing it, you have the you have the means to learn how to do everything in your mm-hmm. pocket now. So, lo- like you know, look up how to do it, get into how to do it. Luckily, I'm with a group of guys who are enthusiastic about doing that kind of stuff and learning and doing it themselves. So yeah, we did it remotely and it wasn't that hard. You said we have the means to really you know do whatever we want with the technologies in our pocket. Yeah. And right now I'm giving the middle finger to all my math teachers saying, hey, we're never going to have a calculator I've with us all the time. I've got the calculator, yeah, that's right, yeah, totally. You're not going to walk Absolutely. around with a recording. Yeah. yeah. The hell so I'm yeah, not. man, we did it, all, did it all remotely, and then we sent it to Carl Byers here in town, and he mixed it, and then we sent that out to the West Coast to Joel Grind, and he mastered it, and that was it. So you guys have done uh, some live shows with the current lineup? We've done one. One. Yeah. Just the, uh, the Wise Blood shows Just you were talking about? Just the Wise Blood, yep, back in November. So you have a, um, you're obviously really influential in what the sound that's coming across and what we're hearing because you're writing songs. Uh, are you writing lyrics as well? Yes. So, and you're singing. Yes. Yeah, that's always a, a, a talent wow. that I'm always in, impressed with, in especially awe with of. something that's... <laughs> I can't do that. Well, something that's fast, you know, at, this, at these tempos. Mm-hmm. And this album is a beat down from the first track to the end. There's, <laughs> right on, there are no yeah. ballads, you know? Yeah. I mean... 
You know, guys, and I think you guys say uh, online uh, a little bit, you know, that it's kind of like creator meets, uh, I don't remember what you said. I can't remember, maybe Immortal or something. Yeah, something or like, like that. Uh, we all have always kind of ridiculous. I think it's like Exodus and Creator got together and had a baby. Yeah, and then Exodus and Creator. Immortal was like, get, Immortal uh, was their neighbors and like maybe they like accidentally spilt some dissection but, on the kid or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I totally love like some of those old references because, I mean, this album totally, if, if you were to drop it in my lap and say this was recorded in 88, I'd be like, yeah, okay, awesome. yeah, I believe that, cool. you know? Yeah, and so, Thrash is um, definitely our cornerstone. And I so. think that Thrash is kind of having a, a comeback moment, uh, I hope, anyway. Cause it's yeah. My, yeah. Well, when I was uh, listening to this, I, I thought of two current Thrash bands now that are really helping to um, really, you know, bring the scene back, if you will, the Thrash sure. scene back, and it's Power Trip and Ex Mortis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we play so Adam's Divide, uh, that sounds to me like uh, a Power Trip yep. song. And then uh, sure. All Life Decays, you get into that kind of Ex Mortis feel without all that falsetto. Absolutely, man. But And I love the, the tracks Adam's Glide that he was talking awesome about. Like, it, it's, um, you know, it's it gets in your head. Like, I mean, it's catchy for, and that's one thing I really appreciate that, that going, it harkens back to that old school thrash stuff. And, and I love all genres of metal, don't get me wrong. Um, and we're super into, both of us are into black metal uh-huh. also. Oh, yeah. But there's a, a, a very distinct difference, not only in just like the way that the guitar parts are written, but also in the way that the songs are structured, you know? Um, and you very often are kind of straddling that line between like the, the dirty vocals. And also being able to like be understood, right? Like, yeah, I mean, sure. you and and I think Adam's Clyde is a, a perfect example of that, mm-hmm. where like you can kind of sing along with it, you know? It's yeah. like you and the rhythmic, it's not rhythmically or uh, complex, and it's not buried underneath the right. mix. Yeah, and I don't set out to do that. That's just kind of how it comes out. But I'm totally a fan of like big, catchy, fucking. I almost say pop songs yeah, yeah. but like like why can't I've always kind of been a defender of like why can't metal be catchy but it can still be in like you know minor riffs or like in minor scales or whatnot. Um, the the vocals just happen to come out that way and mm-hmm. like I kind of write I kind of write music that I think I would want to listen to so right, when right. you know so when when they come out and I can hear the, the, the vocal melodies like in my head they just come out like that so I, I, that's awesome I mean I think that's one aspect of thrash that I do like because if you go back and listen to you know old Slayer Creator Fucking uh, yeah. Irax, like any of that stuff. Yeah. You know, there there are. It, it gets cut it, in your head. Man. It's a little bit closer to like the the standard uh, songwriting structure that we're used to with like verse, chorus, and those yeah. sorts of things. You know, I mean, uh, all of us could sing Angel of Death's chorus in our yeah. head. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, and you know, as we've gotten into like the other genres of music, you know, um, that are more extreme. You know, you kind of lose that a little bit, which I love it, but it definitely becomes more atmospheric. Right. Um, and so I think each have their time and place, but. As far as like sticking something in your head, and I like how you put that. Um, I've always kind of um, said that that's where Ghost really um, excels. Is that yeah? They're like pop metal, right? Yeah, like, you know, they yeah. they know how to write a catchy. Oh you know, fuck yeah, they and, do, man. and they've gotten a hell of a following and because yeah, they cracked the code. Yeah, right, I know. I know right. that that band gets that band like they they get shit on a lot because a lot of metalheads in the you know scene or whatever or whatever will like give them shit for whatever reasons but it's like they've never really came out and said that they are a metal band either right i'm a, i'm right. a fan of ghost i'm uh i've always been a fan of the dudes who do it themselves and just can put on these shows and yeah. put on these bands and do it so i'm a big fan of tobias forge i think what he's doing is fucking killing it uh, per, a perfect example of a, a fantastic chorus i'm a sucker for big choruses dude yeah my wife describes them as like the chorus where like you just fall into it and all of a sudden it's just gigantic and it's all mm-hmm. around you so i really really push for those kind of choruses Man, 
Man, that course of square hammer is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it is, I just man. cannot get enough of that. Well, and I've seen them live several times, and they've put a lot of energy into their stage show. And, yeah. you know, that's where we've talked about before yeah. uh, on the show is that, you know, uh, you hear some of these, like, more extreme bands, and then you go see them live, and it's just like four guys staring at the floor. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> and, 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 you know. Yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. You know, and there's a lot of bands out there like that. And, you know, you want to get in the pit, but you're just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I just, you know, you're, you're going to get back what you put in. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that they are able to accomplish that. And like you said, I, I think that their hustle has definitely, anybody it's, that it's gets that taken. level of ex- of success is going to get right. hated on. Yeah. They're going to get hated on, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Because, but everybody starts off as, uh, you know, obscure and underground. I mean, you've yep. got to, like, you've got to make your bones, you yep. know. And at what point is it? Jealousy, right? You know, true, yeah. yeah, they have it figured true, out, true. and they're like, oh, yeah. shit, why didn't I?" Why I mean, unless you're, out? you know, burning churches down and hiding in a record shop uh, <laughs> in, in, in Norway. I yeah. mean, you probably want some fame. I mean, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Unless so your geez. goal is just to burn down churches and across you know. from the guy wearing a mayhem shirt. Right, I right, know, right. right. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that was intentional. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much, man. Um, but I mean, even that's some sort. I mean, that's still a. Even doing something like that is taking a stand and taking a stance against yes. something. I mean, whether you're, you know, um, so the you're front man you're for Gorgoroth putting down mm, uh, a yeah. call. Yeah, man. Well, and you know, in the it, interview it, he did on that, uh, like the history of metal with uh, what's that guy's name? Ian Christie. No. no. What are you talking about? You're talking about a headbanger's journey? Are yeah. About that oh, one? okay. They, I thought you were talking about thing? And he's got the gra- I, glass of red wine. He's also like, I know it. What's yeah, I know you're big. Listener, that dude, like, they dude, like, grew up in a village with like nobody around him, and like, yeah. like he had to like. Uh, I think he went to school with like one other person <laughs> in this little village he's from. And when that when they were like twelve or thirteen, that other kid, the only other fucking kid he knew, like killed himself. Oh, oh. Jesus! So like, and so there's your there's your fucking bleak black metal right, inspiration yeah, right there. If you're right. not gonna make the most horrific fucking painful shit you've ever heard in your well, life, well, and that's you know that's and that's what black metal's all about, you know, thematically. And that's why I really there is a uh, sense of nostalgia that you're able to. And, and again, I don't want to harp on this like kind of channeling things that happened before you were born but you know in the 80s um you know it's more than just the guitar riffs it's more than just the vocals it's also kind of like the thematic um themes (laughs) like the (laughs) The the lyrics you know well i mean because you know you were talking about radio you're you're a lyricist right so radio remains i mean you know in the 80s um you know obviously nuclear everything right because Mm -hmm. it was obviously uh it was a byproduct of the cold war exactly i mean we were until you know the wall fell. I mean, it was something that was talked about. We grew up with. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you guys, and you know, we grew up with like this threat of nuclear holocaust yeah. at all times. In the event, which we get under saw, your desk, like, right? That's yeah. gonna save your ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. you saw that, you know, coming through into album titles, band names, uh, you know, assault, radiated you know, remains. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, right. Well, yeah, that's what right. I'm talking about, yeah. right? So, like, if you bring it back down to Grave Ripper, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, even um, not only the name of the album, but I've I've had a chance, and Kevin hasn't, but uh, a chance to listen to the whole album. But you know, when we talk about um, I guess the, the subject matter that you're dealing with in the lyrics themselves, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely get a vibe from that like kind of eighties. I don't want to say throwback because obviously it feels very modern and plugged in. Yeah, man. It just happened to work out that way. It was not intentional. To really? Do any sort really? of like whatever, like, like we had the album artwork, we had the color yellow. We know we, we knew we were going to do with that. And it just happened to fit that yellow and nuclear and 
thrash metal happened to like be a thing. Right. So it right. just kind of clicked. There was no intention. I had the title Radiated Remains. I was sitting on it for a while. Is this going to be a song title? Is this going to be an album title? And then I just happened to like kind of play into it a little bit. Like Adam's Divide is like the nuclear reaction. Mm-hmm. So that's why that song is called that. And it thematically fits into the lyrics about being able to like split yourself off into different like personalities or whatever. And then All Life Decays yeah, that's is a reference. About. Yeah, that's a reference to like um, Atomic Decay. Mm-hmm. To where I guess when like um, I'm not a fucking nerd scientist or anything. Man, really? So because uh, I was gonna ask you about uh, Cherenkov Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one's so that one's there too. <laughs> but like, yeah, so like Adam's divides kind of like so I guess when like a nucleus starts to break down and a cell becomes unstable, it emits radiation. So. All, all life decays is a play on nuclear decay, which is what that is. Mm-hmm. And it's like a person losing their mind and becoming paranoid and going insane in the same kind of like analogy of a cell breaking down and losing its nucleus and mm-hmm. emitting that radiation. And then Cherenkov White's just a straight up sci-fi story about Terminators. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Is a concept album without, you know, yeah, it just, it just concept, worked. Yeah. It just fell. Yeah. No, it's great because I mean, those two tracks and like, um, all life decays and Cherenkov White just really, um, to me, they do harken back a lot to that creator, like early creator vibe. Yeah, oh, um, for sure. And oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's up there. There's some Love really cool, shit. like, kind of kill them all riffs and stuff in there. Oh, yeah, and, like, man. You know, it, it's just, you've kind of brought together this whole package um, in a way that I think that is not common, I guess, for uh, bands that don't have more experience. Cool. I mean, you've, got, you've been in a lot of bands. Thank you. Um, and all that, but I mean, you, you've, this lineup, this particular lineup is relatively new. Yeah, totally new. Not even a year old. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah. what's the background of the rest of the guys? Were they, is this kind of uh, what they listen to and what they're all about? Or yeah. I know they've got other bands as well. Pretty much. I mean, uh, Chris and I go back, um, we were kind of in like a pizza thrash band together back in the day called um, Partiac Arrest. And then we did, uh, Chris has always been into thrash and metal and that kind of stuff. And then Keegan's into all sorts of everything and metal. Um, he had never been like a... I don't mean to interrupt no, you, but... You might have to <laughs> expand on... Partiac Arrest. Pizza Thrash? Pizza Thrash, yeah. So, like, Municipal Waste would be, like, the king of pizza thrash. It's, like, the dumbest down version of thrash metal that's just about, like, the booze and partying and, like, ah. that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, so it's pizza thrash. It's, like, it's about, like, pizza and beer, dudes, and watching <laughs> Keanu, and let's party, and you got your flip hats and shit and all that. Like, yeah, you know, that kind of shit, so... Yeah, like that's um, all right. Yeah, pizza yeah. Crash. So that, we were in one of those my, bands together called like Cardiac Arrest. My so days like Cardiac Arrest, uh, but we're a party. It's well, I, I mean, I w- and I was uh, aware of Cardiac Arrest, but I didn't. Uh, I guess I didn't say it out loud to be like, oh, yeah. never mind. Yeah, They're, that's where it came totally. from. Totally. So we did that, and then. Um, Please yeah, tell me you played at like bar mitzvahs and you know like pizza parties. <laughs> oh, we, a, lot, a lot of a lot of keg beer basement <laughs> yeah. shows, and uh, they went on tour. I couldn't make it, um, but uh, yeah, just a lot of lot of chaos, a lot of alcohol. But then yeah, Keegan was uh, Keegan has been in a few different bands, but this is the first band we've been in together. Uh, I don't think he's done anything thrash related, and I know Jacob. This is the first thrash thing he's done because Thorax was doomy. And they were killing it for uh, 
uh, about the amount of time I was out of the scene. So I never really saw those dudes. And then, of course, Throne of Iron is more trad metal, mm-hmm. you know, more the traditional, just yeah. uh, that part of that new wave of traditional heavy metal stuff. So I don't think he's got really any thrash experience, but he's fucking killing it. Yeah. You know, like. So what brought you into thrash? I mean, you know, like we talked about, you know, at, at your age, and it, you and Kevin are about the same age, and like yeah. the 90s were not this great time of metal, but you had an uncle yeah. kind of bringing you in. You had family, you know, showing you things. But what brought you around to thrash? Because... You know, at that age, you're very often kind of uh, resistant to listening to things that are old. <laughs> you know, yeah, things that your parents listen to. You're like, I don't want to. Right, do that. right, right. Well, my parents didn't necessarily listen to it. Like the only like my mom kind of did, but that was because she would hang out, hang out with my uncle, my uncle because he partied and listened to metal and stuff. Like my dad listened to like fucking country and shit. So <laughs> and I, and I was like, nah, not for me. I think it just came to like when I learned how to play guitar, metal was the only thing that was like fun and not even like modern metal was that much fun. Like the old thrash stuff was just way more fun to mm-hmm. play and listen to. I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. I just liked it. Yeah. It's just what appealed to me and everything else sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I love the like the speed, the chugging rhythms, the cleanness. Yeah. And that's one of the things that really stands out, like literally from the first track on the album yeah, is that it's that's where I guess I keep saying that it feels in, in place in 1986 because cool. it's clean. It's, and, and I'm really shocked to hear that you guys didn't sit down in a studio to do it no. because it is well mixed. Uh, yes. it, it sounds solid. And, and I think that's where you find a lot of times um, with people that are doing bedroom recordings um, or single, single member band recordings. Right. That it, it sounds, you know, like stock plugins on, you know, guitar sure. and things like that. And I mean, so, like, Jacob's got a full recording studio pretty much in his basement he's got his drum set fully mic'd he's got one drum set that's not does not leave his basement it's always got new heads on it it's just always immaculate in great shape he's got all of his mics and all that and then i've got my interface and my sure sm57 and i put my half stack in my uh master bathroom mm-hmm. uh closet so it's like a natural dead room with all the clothes in there and stuff and then i recorded like tracks in the bathroom outside of the closet and my guitar player is the same way he's got like a room in his house where he drilled a hole in the wall so he could like have his amp in one room and him in the other and then we could crank it in that room and dead that room and record in the other one so we're all pretty we're all kind of geeky with it a little bit yeah like, yeah so <laughs> and, mean, then, and then we awesome. and then we we knew we wanted like i I'm, I'm kind of a firm believer with the right stuff that you get what you pay for and mm-hmm. if you put your money in the right place you're gonna get a good result so when we went with carl to mix it carl's like a Indianapolis kind of local legend dude yeah, with man, like all for the sure. releases he's been on like with Shroud of Vulture and Obscene and Sacred Leather so I had to go with him for that stuff and then to go with Joel Grind I mean that's a dream come true mm-hmm, to have yeah. to do a thrash album and put like one of the biggest names in thrash metal on it so it just you know we paid to get it done well and it came out well <laughs> no it sounds great and I mean it would be a shock to you know I think most people to find out that it's like the first full length release that you're you know that you're uh, putting your name on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of not even really a full length either, though, because these five songs, five or six songs that we're putting out on it are new, and then we're putting the complete well, Blinding Darkness right. songs yeah, on yeah. it. So it's it's like nine songs, but it's technically two EPs put oh, together. True. Yeah, I guess you're so, right. Yeah. So but, nine songs that go way too fast. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know that, I mean, if you not think about like uh, when fucking Rain and Blood came out, that was a half hour album. Yeah, everybody true. was Perfect. like, oh my God, look at this, Perfect. this is great. And then you like pull out the record and like half of it's just like the dead space at the, <laughs> yep, around the ring, me. you know. But I guess, you know, I, I guess I say that because I'm coming off of listening to another band whose EP is three tracks and it's 24 minutes long. Yeah, see, ours um, is The Empty yeah. Throne. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, it's and sick. a label mate, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. And that release is awesome. Yeah, it's sick. I mean, uh, it's been uh, interesting just trying to um, listen to 
anything but you know the new Grave Ripper album and the Empty Throne EP that came out mm -hmm. lately. It's the only two things that have been on rotation. Yeah, man. Well, and Shroud of Vulture as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just like there's so much going on in the accessibility of the technology to mm -hmm. be able to do what you guys did, right? Mm -hmm. Like to be able to record this from you know remote locations, not ever being together, sharing these files back and forth. Uh, you know, how does that affect your writing process? Because uh, you said you're kind of the primary songwriter. Yeah. Um, so are you kind of laying down the bare bones of the tracks and then getting input? Or are you kind of writing the song and saying, hey, what do you think, guys? Because I mean, I know for as like myself, um, I've never been a strong songwriter. Same. You yeah. know, and, and I like working with people that are, and I'm, I, I've always been a great uh, background guy. Like, I mean, yeah. I, could, I could play rhythm, you. you know, bass or, or rhythm guitar over it, but, you know, I like having somebody else take the reins yeah. and saying, this is, this is how we're going to do it. If, if I think a song needs something, it's, I will tell the guys, hey, this middle section in this song sucks. What do you think? Or I don't know how to end this song. Here's a thrashy version of it. Here's a black metal version of it. What do you guys like more? Do you guys like both? Do you guys like neither? Mm. And we just bounce back and forth with that. So the technology, was it something that you um, picked up on at a younger age as a musician or something that you kind of had to, as you started playing in bands, you had to kind of figure out? Because that's always been a weak point for me. It's yeah. just kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't have that accessible. I've always been kind of a tech geek. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, so it's just always kind of been there, second nature. So like when you join Grave Ripper, um, I've got all the songs, all the tempos, all the song maps, all the tabs. Everything's up on a drive. All you got to do is wow. just give you access to the drive. Everything's there. Show up to practice. You better know your stuff because it's all there. Good lord! And if you can't keep up, we'll find somebody else. Good lord! Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, everybody's been great so far. We have had some. Has guys your rhythm who, guitarist been able to keep up? Because I, I mean, I could join. I am the rhythm. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Trust me. I got my parts down. We're going that. We're going that speed, man, and we'll talk. Jeez, um, yeah, man. I mean, you really do have that right hand. I mean, you know, it's like. Obviously, I, I think a lot of us, you know, we look at James Hetfield and like the right hand of God is like the, yeah, the benchmark, and it's. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm listening to the cleanness of your playing, and it's very obvious that you've been playing like that since you started. Yeah, um, yeah man. Because it's it's fast and clean and consistent. It's got it, yeah. So, I think, uh, secret, I think the playing full power chords helps. Put that pinky in there. That That's that's a, that's definitely Yeah, oh, a, I know. I, I, I love doing that myself, yeah, too. And, and, you know, it's, and it does, and it's and full, sharp and, and it doesn't change the sound, really. Yeah. It just makes it more full that's and enhancing. More. What yeah, kind of guitar in, do you play? Enhance it. Uh, I have a few. Right now, my main guitars, I just got a USA Jackson King V. Mm, I'm, a, I'm a V guy, uh, so that's my main guitar. I'm you mentioned be, Gibson Explorer earlier. Yeah, I did. used to have one way back in the day. I had, I had a Gibson Gothic Explorer. I don't have it anymore. I'd love to get another one, but those guitars are just so goddamn big. Um, yeah, and heavy. And, and heavy. heavy. Uh, but then it's I like Rickenbacker bases. Yeah. Oh, geez, my God. Um, I've got that. Or Fender anything. Right, uh, I've never, Yeah, uh, I've never really been a Fender guy. Um, I've got Fender P um, bases weigh like 95 pounds. King V. Uh, I've got an Epiphone Les Paul Custom that I go to as my backup guitar. And then I've also got uh, uh, my third guitar. I have the ESP LTD Dave Mustaine signature. It's a V also, but it's a great big V. That was my go-to guitar for a while. That was all I had before I got the Les Paul and the, and the Jackson. Well, you've really nailed the tone on the albums of like that, that kind of uh, 80s thrash, but it doesn't feel dated, again, because more modern... Uh, recording techniques, but also you, we have much better technology and yep. processing than we used to have. So when you are, when you're processing your signal, I mean, are you sending, are you recording everything um, from your cabinet or are yeah. you uh, doing anything direct at all? Doing no. a mix of both? No? Bring like when I demo, I'll do direct and then just put a 
plugin, whatever plugin over it, because it doesn't matter. This is not supposed to sound good. It's just supposed to be the track. Right. You get the gist of it. Right. And that's just what I send to the not guys. Not supposed to be out there. Right. right. But when, oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I, I'd love to buy a Kemper or an Axe FX or whatever, but 100% till the day I die, I will be tracking real cabs. Wow. It's just, I'm not going to budge on that. Sure. So, yeah. so what kind of effects are you throwing on to Nothing. get that sound? Nothing. Just run it dry. I don't need effects, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 yeah, that's just straight, uh, straight, just the cab and an SM57. Um, that's all it really was. For my guitar sounds, Keegan's was the same way. There might have been a little boost on his leads. Uh, I've thought about getting some pedals here soon, like a boost and uh, maybe some reverb for some of the big black metally parts. Mm -hmm. But no, nah, I just run it pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward and dry. Keep it simple, stupid. I love yeah, those it, transitions you know? are wow. interesting because we talk about the down picking and like the chugging, and then you like those really uh, seamless transitions between that, and then that's, you hit those black metal sections where you're tremolo picking. That's my goal with the band, is with Grave Ripper, is it, it needs to be this seamless transition between black and thrash, and mm -hmm. not in the whole like drop a beat like you were saying like okay here's the obvious black part here's right. the obvious thrash right. part they have to be seamless it has to you have to not even notice that you're in a black metal section mm -hmm. until you're two measures into it and you're like oh fuck they just changed that and went into this that's my, my goal with Grey Brew well Brew. and I liked um, you know one of the things I've, I thought made it stand out as far as like saying this is a black metal part and this is a thrash part mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that helped is that um, and again that track that I'm really into the King Killer um, there's that, that kind of uh, tremolo pick part, and mm -hmm. it's about two minutes in, something like that. Um, it's not in, it's not the chord changes that you would expect from a black metal band, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's um, you got like major seventh in there, you know, yeah. when you're coming up, and so, um, I guess. guitar harmony, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, and so it, it's, it, I don't want to say it's major sounding, but it doesn't, it's not minor sounding, right? And so um, it's almost got like the dominant seventh vibe, and so, uh, despite the, the, major seventh in it <laughs> i was like but you know, I know like no when you shit get, about you, theory by the way so sure man i'm just like going yeah it sounds, while it you're sounds saying, good but i mean yeah, yeah. it's just it kind of walks guitar. it walks it right down the middle wow. and, yeah. you know and i think that that's one of the things because it's it's uh it's tremolo picked it's but it's almost got a little bit like walking the line between and i always say this and don't get offended by it you know uh black black metal and, and surf music has a lot in uh, common okay you know that was way less yeah no i'm a tiki. yeah <laughs> i didn't know where he was going with that one no, I'm, a, I'm a tiki guy you know and so you know we we hear the tremolo, tremolo picked, uh, yeah, all that stuff and the, the reverb and the slap back i totally see your analogy yeah there. and so yeah, like that, that you know sense. pulling off the the, the the all the uh the reverb and all that and pulling that off there you throw some fucking distortion play it open yeah. wide and and just let it ring How and boom you got a black metal yeah. track You're except for the chord progressions you know yeah. and that's where you know where you, you got all the dissonance uh in black metal where that's what i was talking about with king killers it's not a heavy dissonant part and so it mm. feels just equally at home and as in the middle of a thrash song and it doesn't feel abrupt right mm. it's not like you know right yeah right mission yeah. accomplished then cool, <laughs> awesome love it love it love Check. it yeah so what's uh, what's on the agenda now? I mean, you've got the album coming out, yeah, uh, and we're just now starting to see shows again. I, I saw uh, there's a show announced today. You want to talk about that? There's a show announced today. We are uh, very excited to be playing Heavy Hell Two, uh, open air at Black Circle. There's like ten bands on it. I don't know how many bands. There's uh, it's an it's an awesome lineup. We're gonna be kicking that off um, two weeks from now on the twelfth. June 12th, we're playing at Black Circle with Wraith from Northwest Indiana. If you like the Toxic Holocaust, uh, Black Thrash Speed stuff, they're playing with us. Please come out. It's going to be an awesome show. Um, that's on a Saturday. And then, let's see, we have Heavy Hell booked. Uh, the weekend before that, we're going down to Kentucky to play in a two-day festival. Um, 
And we have a few, we have two more shows booked that we can't talk about yet. Sure. Yeah. Word. So, so. stage performance-wise, have you guys had a chance to really, um, I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, it's a stage production, but I mean, obviously, st- playing in front of several hundred people um, or thousands, as the case will be at some point, you know, um, you know, how do you kind of prepare for that? Have you had a chance to really get together since you're living in three different cities? No. So how that works is, of course, if it couldn't be any worse that we live in different cities, nobody's schedules work out either. So Jacob works <laughs> right. the weekends and the other guys work the weekdays. So I'll take a day and go down to Bloomington during the week and jam with Jacob on drums, film it. And then on the weekends, go up to Lafayette, and I'll usually have like an edited version of our jam session up on like a private YouTube channel. We'll pull that up so we can hear Jacob playing drums, and we'll play to that so we know what to expect him to do at the show. Wow. So we make it work. But we have not played together as a full band since the last show. Our next show in two weeks will be the first time we played together as a full band since November. No, that's not true. They came down in December or January, maybe. So you got uh, lead up rehearsals, anything like that before? Uh, not show? together. Oh, nope. wow. We're going to walk on stage and we're going to crack our fingers and we're going to go for it. But we, we're, all, <laughs> we're all dudes that have d- done this before. Sure, so right. it's not yeah, like it's not it's, your first it's rodeo. It's not our first rodeo. So it's like if we're all, as long as we all know the songs and we know what to expect everyone to do and we have the set list mapped out, we know right. where I'm going to talk, we know where this is going to happen, we know where that's going to happen, everything just goes according to the set list, we're good. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I can see your personality uh, handling a crowd well, you know. Yeah, and, I'm all and about it, man. Being the front man, that's a tough gig, you nah, know, especially easy. if you're playing the guitar, too. It's yeah, easy. It's easy, man. Yeah? I, love it. I think it's, it's easy if you welcome it. Yeah, I love doing it. Dude, I'm just doing a James Hetfield impression. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. A little bit of the juice. Yeah, so, yeah, man, I just, I don't know. It's always been fun. I've always been the front man in the band. Uh, it's just what I've always liked to do. So, I like, I like talking to microphones and. Yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, interested to hear everybody's speaking voice after hearing their singing voice, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. It's like uh, when we uh, interviewed uh, Kyle from Obscene. Yeah, right. I mean, he's... Kyle's awesome. Yeah, yeah Kyle is super awesome. Super nice guy. And it, I guess that's where I was asking about, you know, the kind of the stage presence and, and stage show, because, I mean, you know, when he's up there, he just commands that stage, and he's up in everybody's Maniac. face, literally, Yeah, you know? And it, and it sucks you into the show. Yep. Um, and, and obviously... Um, when people are coming to a concert to see you play, that's you're there for that, right? And the music, you know, yeah. it's you know the icing on the cake is you get to give the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you mean, know? we we do definitely put that into consideration. We do think about the live show. We do think about what we look like when we're up there. Are we moving around? Are we engaging? Are we putting on a show? Are we not those guys that, like you brought up earlier, that just stand there and look at the ground? Well, <laughs> and see, in thrash metal, I think it's kind of easy to do that because your music's already so high energy and up there and go, go, go. Right. So by the time you're up there and you're 30 seconds into the set and the adrenaline kicks in, it's to yes. me and to all the other guys in the band, I think it's easy to go into just like that maniac mode. Yeah, and exactly. You, you it's hard not to line, you fall yeah. in that rhythm, everything just, clicks. Yeah, well, it's hard not to thrash around even in your fucking car. Right, yeah. You so, know, so if you're playing. I've had some people give me some looks. Like, what <laughs> yeah. the hell are you doing in there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he okay? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. On this album, I was just like uh, thinking about it from a live performance standpoint. And like, oh my God, the pit's gonna be fucking crazy. I can't see wait, us, man. Come see us. We, we're, we're there. Black Circle. Yeah, all right, man. Yep. yeah, Sweet. that's right. Because remember, that's the uh, the birthday show for me. That's the day after my birthday. So. All right, man. Yeah, that's, right. that's why we planned it around but, that. And we were yeah, like, I know. I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate yeah, you going the extra birthday mile. show. <laughs> I thought we put it on the flyer. We must have missed it. My bad. Well, I'm 45. I can't be in the pit anymore. Oh, <laughs> I, <was man>. like, <laughs> I paid the price at that last one. Yeah, you learned that at the Watain show. I did, man. I can't. Yeah, Watain show. Uh, at the Emerson. Oh, shit. I saw a with, with Mayhem, actually, in Chicago. Yeah, we missed the 
We were, that was, was supposed recent. to be our last concert before yeah. COVID. Was oh, Mayhem really? in Chicago on Good Friday. Oh man, that would have been a perfect time to see a band. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of things that were supposed to happen in 2020 that would have been perfect yeah. timing. Yep. So, uh, I mean, what's next? I mean, you guys are getting ready to drop the album. You're obviously live shows coming up. I mean, you've got, uh, have you guys started writing again? I know that uh, as musicians, we are always got new yep. ideas. And you talked about before the, uh, before we sat down here today, you know, you, that your phone's got, you know, just riffs and riffs yep. and riffs and riffs recorded on it. Just took those off there and put them on my computer, actually. That's a good I'm call. Because I'm at that point to where it's like, okay, well, Smart. one, I've got too many on my freaking phone. And two, I'm getting like, we're, we're writing. We're always writing. We're always tinkering. Um, so, you know, trying to utilize some of those phone riffs. Um, but yeah, always writing right now with uh, the album dropping and a lot of the press and stuff done. Um, all I'm really trying to focus on right now are the upcoming shows and making sure we're tight for those. Mm -hmm. uh, we're pretty much booked up until November. Um, and from there, we've got some, we got one cool thing lined up that I'm really hoping is going to work out. Cool. And then from there, I'm not sure. Yeah. So I think up until January, February, I can see plans for Grave Ripper until then. Well, that's, totally a, that's sure. a good ways out. I mean, especially yeah. considering well, it, that we it, haven't been able to plan anything. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's a, a way out, though. I mean, it's already fucking June. I know. I know. Oh, dude, I know. Good like, all this, like, like, we had all this stuff lined up with Sean. He's like, all right, so first we'll do the decibel, and then we're hitting metal injection, and then we'll do toilet of hell and no clean singing, and all this stuff just seems so awesome, and it's going to be, like, so far away, and now it's all happened. I and know. Oh, fuck, now the album we've been talking about for months is, comes out Friday. Oh, shit, now the shows are happening. Oh, it's, man. It's getting, it's getting like, real. It's, yeah. yeah, it's happening so fast. <laughs> so you you said you guys are all, I mean, obviously living in different cities and, you know, working different schedules. So that's a trick to um, kind of pull off. How old are you? Are, are, are all you guys are about the same age? Yeah, or about is... the same age. I just turned 32, I think I'm 32. Um, and then Jacob's a little, I think Jacob's like 29. So about the same, yeah. Yeah, we're all around the same ballpark age, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. that's funny because when we were talking to Mikey, you know, he was just like, <laughs> he's, he's got, you know. And Power Mad, it's like the guys are in their, you know, late 50s and yeah. shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mike's like 20, I don't know, something. Not there yet. Yeah, 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 yeah right? Not, so. Not yet. You Not might yet, be, I know. You know? That was the... Uh, it is funny, yeah. though. You know, you're, you're the old thrash head and you're, you know, 32. Yeah, man. But that gives me you know hope what? because, I mean, like, like I said, we are having a moment where the music that I love is, you know, making comeback in a big way. And not only just, like, listening to things... It, it, it makes me feel old when I see, like, hey, look, you know, Rain of Blood's 35 years old or 30 years Ace old. Ace of Spades just and turned 40 I, I know. yesterday. Yeah. And all those things. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, thinking like, you know, like the, stuff, the yeah. 80s thrash when I was coming up, you know, when I was growing up. It's like when you start seeing the 30th, 40th anniversaries. With, uh, Death Angel <laughs> just celebrated uh, anniversary of their, like, Ultra what, uh, Evil Divide, which okay. is already, like, four years old. Oh, I'm like, fuck, it just got Jeez. dropped. How's that four <laughs> years old already? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but... You know, as um, all that thrash stuff is kind of having a resurgence, you know, we're starting to see younger guys like you yeah. picking up the mantle. And so we get kind of modern recording. Whereas, you know, if you go back to listen to like super old school Annihilator, you know, maybe the production values weren't what we hoped sure. they would be. Like, I mean, I listened to a lot of Warbringer. Yep. And, um, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know, man. did you catch them at Black Circle when they came out? I didn't, with them? Oh, man. man. You're it was a good the, show. We it was awesome, it. man. It was, yeah. yeah, it was great. The hard part with me, and that's, I, I always feel bad about it, but, you know, because like, I'm like part of the metal scene that's not part of the metal scene at all. Like I don't see all oh, the guys. Gotcha. I don't get to see everybody because working in restaurants, yeah. all those shows happen on on shifts that there is no way I Weekends can Weekends and off. evenings, man. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And, and so more it's shows tough. on Mondays. And so I know, right? <laughs> well, I'm telling you. Well, keep your uh, just yeah, saying, just uh, uh, mark mark your Mondays. Yeah. And so we're good with that, you know. And and so take. 
I can always say I'm going to go to a show, but you know, it, it right. never really uh, materialized. Well, it doesn't materialize until the day of. You know, right. so if I buy tickets, they either go into the trash or I get to use them. And they, yeah, very yeah. often they go into the trash. Yeah, that sucks. Um, because it's like, oh, well, hey, by the way, a water pipe burst. And so Shit, you got to go to yeah. work. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I am looking forward. I, I've noticed a lot of shows coming up here in the, uh, over the course of the summer yeah. um, that are going to have, that, that aren't all Friday and Saturday shows. Yeah, no, we got that one at Ruoff. We're going to finally check off uh, the final big four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither one of us have ever seen Megadeth. Oh, yeah, no, you haven't seen Megadeth? No. no that's oh, the only big four band I've never seen. But and um, Too I, bad Dave Ellison's yeah, not going to be there. Yeah, there's no going to be Dave Ellison. Nope. He's going to be he's out. with his 18-year-old girls or whatever. Yep. <laughs> Living his best life. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I, you, know, you don't have to wonder all that because, I mean, I'm not even getting in the fucking middle of all that shit. But yeah. then you got Dave and, like, being a holy roller and all that oh, shit. Oh, yeah, so. man. <laughs> fucking Mustaine, dude. <laughs> right. man, I love, man, I, God, it's so fucking. Uh, you can't yeah, discount. Dave. But it just shows that. Dave yeah, Mustard right. Stain. Yeah. Like it just shows that you, Dave, it doesn't matter what, what kind of music you play or what. What do you mean? My name's Dave. Uh, your, your, your songwriting's like, your material, the, the lyricism, all of that. The, you become an old cranky man just like all of them. <laughs> you know? Dave, I don't know, man. I hope this. Uh, Dave is always kind of Dave a doesn't listen to the show. Don't worry. Stane's <laughs> 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 always seemed like a cranky motherfucker, but I don't yeah, know, man. Yeah, for uh, sure. He was when he won the Grammy and I've they played Metallica the as he's walking up to accept the award. <laughs> man, that's yeah, not right. his fucking life. That's so funny. That is so funny to me. I don't even care. That's hilarious. Oh, my well, God. Well, I mean, like I said, we can all, like, now in 2021, we're going to be like, ah, fucking Metallica, fucking sucks, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but you go back to 81, it's like they wrote the book for all of us. Yeah. You know, much, man. it's like right. without uh, right the flag. Yeah, without Metal Blade and Brian Slagle and and God damn it, the Lars. <laughs> yeah, yep. But Lars made it happen, you know, and so that opened the doors for a lot of what we listen to and and a lot of what you're doing now, you yep. know. Yeah, I mean, man. with no Metallica, no Slayer, no Creator, uh, you know, it's a lot of other hell, bands. a lot of that German yeah. thrash scene. You know, you guys really channel a lot of that. German yeah, man. Thrash scene. I mean, some of that. I, it's it's funny to to look at thrash because I mean, you could look at those first that first wave of American stuff, and all those bands kind of stand on their own. They they don't even sound like each other that much, which is crazy. But when you get into that like German scene and even the South American scene, yeah. those dudes were way tighter knit. I feel like as a genre than the American thrash was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I love that old I love that old chaos thrash stuff so much. Like the early like Sodom and Destruction and Creator. And South, yeah. in South America, like uh, the, the first two Sepultura records, okay. like uh, mm-hmm. like Schizophrenia and shit, and then Sarcophago and stuff. Um, mean, mean stuff. Early, like really good proto black, really is what a lot of that right. stuff was. To where it's like they're just playing so fast, and the guitars have so much shit on them that it's like you can't even hear it, and uh, it's just it, it's crazy. We don't we don't do stuff that extreme. But I don't think sometimes you have to exactly play riff for riff what another band is kind of doing to capture that same no, energy. No, to give the homage. You know? and right. Like, right. So. I mean, there's a difference between ripping somebody off and taking them as an influence. And, and yeah. I definitely don't feel like listening. I mean, as, even though I've like, pointed out bands and, and songs that some of your tracks remind me of, I, I don't think it's in a way that I'm like, oh, well, this sounds like it could be a Metallica song. Or sure. This sounds like it could be a Creator song. Like. You can tell like who you listen to right. and who right. you're into, yeah. and you've taken that and really made it something unique. Yeah, um, there's, there's, we, yeah. There's a ahead. couple bands out there nowadays that you can tell that the riff is almost an exact photocopy. Sure, shit, uh, dude. Uh, what's that fucking that intro guitar part uh, that um, Slayer does on Repentless? The very first one. I mean, it's like a straight. It's a straight up fucking Metallica riff. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, see that. yeah. The I one mean, that re- leads well, into Repentless. Well, yeah. The one that leads four into Four Horsemen, re- and then. Uh, 
Was but yeah, that song. that's the same song. Oh, the mechanics. It's, it's literally the same, same song. Yeah, yeah. Dave did be, that. Yeah. I, did that's my favorite yeah. fuck you in the metal world so far. <laughs> that's not the he's like, you're going to take my song yeah. and you're not going to credit me and you're going to change the words. Fuck you. I'm recording it too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, what's great. Yeah, you're right. He's always been a cranky old man. But we'd love to have you on if you're listening. Yeah, right. But at the same time with Grave Ripper, there are also times where I try to like, when I write riffs, I'll find a fucking song that I love or a band that I love and I try to channel that same energy but I don't try to write the rip off mm -hmm. riff off I always try to make it sound like if Grave Ripper or Corey Parks or whatever like what would it sound like if I wrote a Slayer riff mm -hmm. so it's going to sound like me 60% right. but 40% it's going to sound like Slayer and I want it to but I'm not trying to rip them off like the middle section in All Life Decays is completely a fucking homage to Slayer <laughs> yes, it especially is. when it comes in with the ride and the stuff ride and yeah. uh -huh. it's, supposed to, it's supposed to sound like Slayer it's supposed to get everybody's supposed to look at each other in the crowd nod and go Slayer like that's why I did that and you know there's sometimes there's that weird dividing line between like Oh, when a, when somebody says you sound like this, um, do you give in or do you back off? Sure. I I'm fucking all about giving in. You know what, yeah. man? If you think it sounds like Slayer, I'm gonna give you Slayer, but I'm not gonna give you Slayer 100. I'm gonna right. give you what it sounds like if I write Slayer. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's it. I'm not trying to rip them off. I'm not trying to steal any riffs. Mm -hmm. To your point, it's yes. like uh, when someone says, "Oh, you remind me of someone I know." My yeah. first question is, "Well, is that person?" Cool or a dick? <laughs> because it's either going to be a compliment or a diss. Yeah, right. Um, so when, yeah. when we, we try to say that uh, the bands we listen to, especially the ones that we're supporting here in Indy, uh, like you guys, when we try to when we say that you sound like this, it's it's always meant to be a compliment. Oh, yeah. Always, yeah. yeah I sure. mean, we we're not a we're not sixty minutes, man. We're bringing people on whose music we like. <laughs> yeah, we're not coming awesome. like so. You're a fucking ripoff band, you yeah. know. Uh, but you know, you're so, just fighting in the background, glass breaking. But you know, and we've talked <laughs> about this a lot. <laughs> There's so much Crazy music out there, and it's so accessible. Um, yeah. And before I let you go, I want to make sure that we get your websites and all that up there. Sure, but man. you know, like, how do you navigate that? Like, there's just there is a lot of noise. There are ripoff bands. There are these bands that are just really phoning it in, or it's a one guy in his bedroom that's you know just Pressing got buttons. just got yeah. Garage Band, and you know, and yeah. the, the the path to be able to get that up and online for people to potentially check out. Is a, it's a very low barrier to entry, uh, yeah. much less than it used to be. So, like, how do you navigate that here in 2021 uh, and getting the word out? Obviously, um, you know, working with, with Sean and uh, Wise Blood Records has been really helpful getting some of the yeah. press. But, you know, as a, uh, as a front man for the band, how do you kind of navigate that and get the word out? Uh, I feel like the internet's made things easier than it ever has been. Um, so from, I guess, a business perspective, it's not too bad. Um, Sean has helped tremendously, and I cannot say thank you enough to Sean and Wise Blood Records and the work that he's put in. Uh, I think from a musical perspective, uh, if it's genuine, it's genuine, and people will notice it. If it's not, it's not, mm -hmm. and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, so whether a billion people notice it or not, who fucking cares? Uh, the people who do notice it, I think they will notice the difference between somebody who is genuinely trying to create something that they give a shit about and has sure. real influence and inspiration versus somebody who's just got GarageBand and is just fucking mm -hmm. calling it in. Sure. So yeah. are you um, you doing all the bookings and everything yourself, or are you? Uh, it's kind of Sean helps out with some. He knows people. Sure. And then, but some I do on my own. Yeah. So it certainly seems that like working with a, with people that understand and have the connection seems like a good path. And it's, you know, and yeah. that's how a lot of you guys have been. You know, it's changed the band's. That's how we got your phone sure. numbers. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's how we Who go from listening yeah. to your CD to getting your phone number, right? You know, it's like 
You call up somebody yeah. like, hey, by the way, do you have Corey's phone number? <laughs> I want to cold call him. Hey, you don't know me. I probably won't answer. It's not that I don't. It's, it's on mute half the time, so I'm just like, oh, shit. I missed three calls today. God damn well, it. I think the rule today, though, is if it's a number you don't recognize, you just don't pick it up. Yeah, and it's no important to leave a message. Leave me a message. Well, yeah. speaking of that low barrier to entry and being able to get your music up online, uh, Bandcamp has been a fucking godsend for, uh, yeah. for all bands and, and all genres of music. Uh, you can discover so much cool stuff. There's so, tons and tons of bands. I buy merch, vinyl, mm-hmm. CDs, uh, all that stuff from bands that you know may be uh, one album and done forever. But it's yeah. just it's such a great uh, yeah. uh, a platform to be able to get your music out. Where can people find you guys on bat, our uh, Bandcamp? Yeah, man, we're at graveripper.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can we always. Uh, post about the band camp on our Facebook and Instagram pages, which it's facebook.com slash official, I think. And then grave. Is there a grave ripper unofficial? <laughs> I mean, if there's an official, it kind of insinuates that there's got to be an unofficial, right? I mean, that's just the yin and yang and light and dark of things. Um, so there's, there's a fan account that's pretending probably, to be you. Uh, yeah, so, you know what? It's his wife. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> if it is, I don't know. What are you doing? Uh, um, like, Corey, clean up the garage. Uh, I actually... That's <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah uh the bandcamp and then uh the graveripper.bandcamp.com and of course you can buy our stuff through um Wiseblood Records also the Wiseblood Bandcamp the Wiseblood website which I'm pretty sure is just www.wisebloodrecords.com Sean if I screwed that up sorry man yeah and if and um, you can always go back and check our previous episode mm-hmm. when we talked with Sean and we've yeah. got links to all of the above awesome. there yeah cuz i mean you. even on Bandcamp uh, where his uh, the Wiseblood Bandcamp page links to all of you guys that are on the label yeah um so yeah i mean definitely check out the the Empty Throne EP that's dropped and the Grave Ripper uh, that's getting ready to be. Uh, like I said, I've got my uh, mm-hmm. and Mother of Graves. Yeah, like everybody's been on the show so far. Honestly, I just I've feel seen. like we're uh, we're at the PR department of Wiseblood Records <laughs> at the point at the moment. I'm <laughs> waiting what, for a check. Yeah, but, yeah, right, right, Sean. <laughs> I, we haven't gotten our check yet. <laughs> we are it's just hey. Uh, we're for in. those of you listening, do not do not sleep on. Indianapolis metal. No, for sure. Yeah, Not no, only is the scene robust, but it's getting much, much more so. Yeah, there's a. I think the Indianapolis scene is, is fucking hot, man. There's some great bands, a diverse amount of bands, and there are only more coming in. It's, yeah, I think it's kind of like in a golden period right yeah. now. It's it's, I, it's pretty dope. It's really fun to watch because you know the music scene outside of metal in town. Uh, I mean, our hip hop scene is pretty robust, but outside of hip hop and metal, there's just isn't you know you don't you're not gonna see country musicians and shit like that yeah. around town, you know it's it's hip hop or metal, yeah. And so um, hopefully the scene grows in in a way that we can uh, put some more mid sized venues up and and get some Ooh. touring acts and, and get you guys in. And like I said, I'm I'm pretty pumped about uh, like. Uh, a couple of the shows you got coming up, and I don't know about the ones that you can't talk about yet. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully, I'm just pumped to get back to shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. Even going to Black Circle the other weekend was just like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. So oh, I know yeah. I had to miss it. I don't even honestly remember the last show I was at. I, mean, I don't either. I, you know, oh, it's actually, been so I remember. Long. It's it's not, in no not way worth mentioning. Yeah, no way related to what we're talking about right <laughs> Did now. Did you have to go with your wife? Or no, fiance, uh, well, it's, it's 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 her it's her favorite cover band of all time. Uh, Rod Tough curls in the bench press. <laughs> what? what? Uh, yeah, yeah right. exactly. <laughs> right. What? Uh, they cycle College Towns. Uh, Tomorrow is chest day, dude. In the- <laughs> we don't do bench press on Wednesdays. That's Mondays and Thursdays. But they they cover anything from seventies, eighties to Disney to musicals. Uh, it's just uh, it, they. It's okay. fun. They play like a four hour set too. Woo. You know that's where you know. Wow, really? Four, four hours? Yeah, Fuck that's yeah, dude. 
Man. La- the last show we were at, I think it started at 10.30. We didn't leave the Vogue until like 2.15. I would Jesus. be cross-eyed hammered. Well, we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were. I, I've only been to one show that was like one band. I think they had to like kick them off the stage. It was like four, and it was George Clinton. No. He was so high. He was like, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> he left the stage for like 45 minutes and just let everybody else play. But the musicians never stopped. They just kept going. And I was like, I didn't even see the end of the show because it was like 2.30. I'm like, man, we've been I'm, here since like 9. I got I'm, my money's worth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Jeez. I was like, this just turned into a stoner jam session at this point. So I'm like, uh, uh, where are we go? We're going to go. Whatever, <laughs> Do but, you. Right, exactly. So, well, we uh, appreciate you coming on the show, man. I mean, this Absolutely. is fun. Like I said, I Thank mean, we're not me. uh, we're not blowing smoke up your ass. Like, it's a really fucking kick-ass album. Thank you, man. Um, in fact, I've got the disc in my car. I know uh, it's not out yet, but I'll let you uh, borrow it to check out because it's, it's amazing. You got it on pre-order. I, yeah, you're, I got, you're I gonna got get one anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think Sean started to ship them out, so they should be out soon. Man. Yes, they absolutely should. He, uh, he let me know that a couple days ago. And, and Corey, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been fucking awesome. Absolutely. We're definitely uh, check. You. Check into social media feeds and all that because as the summer grows, uh, tours start opening back up in the United States. We start seeing more uh, outdoor shows, especially because of the summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like everybody's kind of pivoting to that to make sure they can get more bodies at the shows because nobody wants to go to an indoor show with 20 people looking at the band, you know? So yeah. you can do that in your garage. <laughs> right. Well, Corey can't because there's <laughs> two, there, there are two cars and a lot of cardboard boxes. And, and everybody else lives out of town. Yeah, pretty so, much. Well, right on, brother. Um, to all of you out there, you can find us at a440podcast.com or uh, wherever you just found us and you're listening to us. <laughs> you, can, you can do that, too. But, uh, you know, please subscribe, rate us. It actually does help uh, a lot in the rankings on uh, Apple and Google and, and all those fun things and, uh, and sponsorships, which, uh, you know, I guess at this point it's just Wiseblood sponsoring us and just waiting for the check. <laughs> just waiting for the check. Um, Sean, I don't know what they're talking about when it comes to money, man. No idea. I'm leaving right now. Well, until next time, Kev. Ed, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for joining A440 Podcast, where it pays to stay in tune with your metal.